Good day again, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. I hope that uh, you are all okay. And uh, thank you again that today God is uh, giving us another gracious and wonderful opportunity to uh, worship Him in spirit and in truth. And part of that worship is uh, giving our time to the uh, listening of uh, God's Word. And um, as we all know, we've been talking about uh, this uh, very precious uh, opportunity that God has given to us, and that is to uh, walk with Him. And uh, we have covered already some very important aspects of this uh, walking with God. Like uh, last two Sundays, we talk about uh, putting God first in uh, our walk with Him in the area of prayer. And I trust that uh, since you heard that very important lesson, you made some adjustments in the way that you are uh, starting your day, your every single day. So uh, like what I did, uh, since that time, I made some adjustments in, in my devotional life. Of course, I've been doing devotions all along uh, throughout, uh, uh, throughout my Christian life. But since that lesson, uh, I made it sure that uh, every waking day, the first person that I talk to is the Lord. And the first voice that I hear during the day is the voice of the Lord. Of course, that voice comes through His, uh, His Word, the Bible. And um, I have found a significant uh, result no, in my own personal walk with the Lord in that area. And I sense that God has been affirming us that this is one area that we cannot just neglect and take for granted. You know, we can pray all day long. If we want to, we can pause in the business of our work and offer prayers uh, during the day and maybe in the afternoon or even towards uh, the evening. But it's totally different when in the beginning of the day, we talk to God in prayer. And then last, last Sunday, of course, we talk about the importance of uh, putting God first in the area of our giving. There were brothers and sisters who texted me immediately after listening to the broadcast and they humbly acknowledged their, their lapses, their shortcoming in the area of the giving. And I appreciate that. I know it's not my work. I have nothing to do with this one. I'm just merely an instrument verbalizing the message of the Lord. I know that God has been working graciously and mercifully in your hearts as you listen to, uh, to, to his message. And uh, one particular sister uh, told me that uh, she failed in their giving and that she will do some adjustments uh, right there after listening to the, the message. And I appreciate that. I am praying, uh, especially during a night, as we all know, we have this uh, daily... Uh, prayer, synchronized prayer, corporate prayer for all BCC people. And uh, uh, just lately, it's not only for BCC people, but we have brothers and sisters from other communities of uh, believers in the city that have joined us in the synchronized prayer. At every 8 p.m. of the night, we have a gathering of several thousands of uh, believers all over the region praying and worshiping the Lord and expressing our gratitude and thanksgiving to Him. And one item of prayer that I do not fail to pray every single night is that God will bless the preaching and the teaching of His Word. And I know He does it, and I know He will continue to do it, 
And many of you, I believe, will later on testify that a significant portion of your spiritual growth happened because you watched the broadcast and listened to the teaching of God's Word. And so today, before I proceed to our next lesson, let me pause for a brief moment of prayer again. Father, thank you for this another glorious and wonderful opportunity Thank you, dear Lord, that you will give us again a fresh word from you. Thank you that you will speak to your people, speak to your children, even those that have not come to know you yet through your son Jesus in a personal way. I pray that you will speak. I know that you will. You will hear and grant the prayers of your people. I know, dear Lord. And so thank you that you will give me the liberty, O oh Lord, as your spokesperson today, to speak your word. You will supply me the right words, O Lord God. Lord, I pray that you will not allow me to go out of bounds, O Lord God, in what I will be sharing. But you will help me, O oh Lord God, to just unload everything that you have placed in my heart. Thank you, the Father God. Holy Spirit, thank you that you will anoint again your words, O oh Lord, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, our lesson this morning or today is we continue with walking with God. But this time, I'll talk about why you need to give your first day of the week to God. So we need to give our first few hours every waking day to the Lord in prayer. We need to give our first fruit or firstborn unto the Lord in the area of our giving. And we need to give our first day to the Lord in worship, in thanksgiving. If you have read the Bible, you're familiar with the word Sabbath. And literally, the word Sabbath means rest. And usually, especially in the Old Testament, the word Sabbath usually comes at the end of the week, on the seventh day of the week. And so the Jewish people in all their history, would always give this time, the last day of the week, the seventh day of the week, to the Lord in worship. And even now, they continue doing that. And we have also a significant portion of so-called Christians who opted to worship God and follow the Lord, giving Him the seventh day of the week. I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. But for today's lesson, I want to help us understand why many of us, including our own community of Jesus followers, choose to do this on Sunday, which is the first day of the week. Why? I believe the simple reason is because it is the first day of the week. It is the first day of the week. And if we follow the principle of giving the first to the Lord, then it is easy to conclude that the first day of the week, which is Sunday, should be the day that ought to belong to the Lord. Let me read this passage to you this morning in Acts Chapter, eight, uh, chapter 20, verse number 6 and verse number 7. 
This was about Paul and his journey and how he ended up during this trip in a city called Troas. In verse 6 it says, But we sailed from Philippi after the festival of unleavened bread. And five days later joined the others. This was his uh, companions who took another road, but then they meet together upon arriving in Troas. Joined the others at Troas where we stayed seven days. Seven days means a whole week. Then the next verse says, On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. This line came to together means Paul and these uh, brothers who accompanied him but took another route in order to reach the place in Troas. But it would also include many people in Troas who have become followers of Jesus Christ of which upon hearing that Paul and his team was in the city or were in the city, they took the uh, opportunity to join with them in this day of celebration. So on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. And we all know that breaking of bread is one very important portion of our worship and thanksgiving unto the Lord. It says here, Paul spoke to the people and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. The rest of that I will not read, but if you will read it, it is in this uh, segment of the story that we read about the incident concerning Eutychus. Whereupon, uh, because Paul talked and talked and talked until evening, uh, this young man took Eutychus, positioned himself by the window, and because it was already late in the evening, he, he fell asleep. And because he fell asleep, uh, he fell down. Uh, from the third floor of the building and uh, he died. Fortunately enough, Paul was present, so Paul suspended his talking and preaching and came down to where uh, the young uh, Eutychus was and ministered to him and spoke to him, prayed for him and revived him. And there was a mighty move of God during that celebration. But let me backtrack for a moment. On the first day of the week, now, they have already spent one whole week. You remember in the previous verse, they spent one whole week. So it's definitely there was a seventh day there because it was a one week. But they waited for the first day of the week to do this time of worship. Because as we all know, if we watch and study carefully the behavior of the New Testament believers, especially in the book of Acts, we will read that they do this important celebration on the first day of the week. Before I proceed, let me read another verse. This one is in uh, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 1 and 2. Now about the collection for God's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So here, Paul was talking about um, uh, the collection, the receiving of uh, collection or church, church money, for example, which at this time was specifically set aside in order to help Christians in another province who were at the time was in difficult situation because of a famine. Nevertheless, we all know that Offerings, the, the receiving of finances is a significant part of our worship during the time that we gather. So breaking of bread 
as well as collection of church uh, um, financial um, giving, tithes or offerings, as we can see from these verses, they do it on the first day of the week. But I have three very important lessons why we have to give the first day of the week unto the Lord. We give the first day unto the Lord because the first belongs to the Lord. Remember that. The first belongs to the Lord. And this day, because this is the beginning of the day of the week, and we all know after this you will have the next days, Monday, and that is the beginning of the workday. The beginning of the business, for example. And then Tuesday, and then Wednesday, and the rest of the days of the week until Friday. And for many other people, even Saturday, they have to walk, they have to work. But what is the importance and what will become to a person who believes in the Lord and follows the Lord, walks with God, if he so decides to put God first during this day of the week? What happens when we do this, or this, this, uh, this decision to put God first? What is this time all about this day? The first is that is this day of the week is a time of commemoration. It is a time of commemoration. As we can see here, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Sometimes we call this communion or the Lord's Supper, the breaking of bread. And we all know that these two elements, bread and wine, in the communion celebration, uh, the bread stands for the uh, body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the wine uh, represents his precious blood. And when we do the communion or the Lord's Supper, we partake of the bread as well as of the wine. Paul was uh, giving an instruction to the Christians in uh, Corinth in his second letter uh, in, uh, in chapter 11 about the celebration of the communion that they will love to take this bread as well as the wine. And then he says, we do this in remembrance of Jesus. Because this was the instruction of Jesus to his disciples back in John chapter 13. You do this in remembrance of me. So every time you join in the communion, you commemorate what Christ has done. You remember that Jesus died for you. You remember that he purchased your life. He redeemed you unto himself. That is why the Bible says we no longer own ourselves because he paid with his precious blood, with his death on the cross for our redemption. We don't belong to him anymore. So as we remember this or we commemorate this during this first day, we are reminding ourselves that someone has died for us. We are reminding ourselves that he paid the precious, he paid the, 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 the price for our redemption. When previously we were in captivity, we were in bondage because of our sins. But because Jesus died and by his death he paid the price, now we are made free, delivered, freed from the clutches of the enemy. 
And so the rest of the week, as you will proceed to the next day of the week in your work, in your business, or maybe in your school if you happen to be a student, it's good that you go through the day remembering that you are a freed person. You no longer belong to your old master, but now you belong to the Lord. You are a person set free by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. He purchased you. He set his stamp of ownership over your life. Someone owns you. Sabi saya pada, dili na ka basta-basta na ay nagtag-iya sa imoha. And during this day, first day of the week, you remind yourself of this very important truths. One of the things that affects people's minds and their emotions, kanang feeling na wala sila'y connection. Ana, kanang wala'y nagmahal sa ilaha. Kanang wala'y nag, nag, nagtag-iya sa ilaha. Diba? This is one of the struggles of, uh, you know, young people that comes from a broken family, especially when the father is absent and the father is not there to give them their real identity, their real uh, connection. And so they go through life that is unstable and insecure, and there is a high feeling of being uh, not important, totally forgotten sometimes. And so they become easy prey to what's happening around them philosophies and beliefs and practices which will eventually ruin their lives, they easily become captives of it. But for a believer who, who gives his first day to the Lord and hears these truths from God's servants, he goes through life, he goes through the week being assured, knowing that somebody owns him, that he has been set free from his previous owners, and now he belongs to Jesus. The effect of that in his life is that he becomes stable. He becomes stable. He becomes firm and strong because he knows that someone owns him. He knows that he has been freed. His life has a meaning and a significance. Not only that he is stable, but he is full of confidence. His self-esteem returns to its normal level. You know, so many people, even young people, are, uh, you know, living through life with very low self-esteem. And one uh, causes of that low self-esteem is because they don't know. They don't, they don't know, you know. They cannot even uh, name their father. Who's their father? Who's their mother? You know, who's their... To whom they belong to and because of that they go through life full of insecurities and as i said they easily become prey to all the things that's happening around them during this day first day of the week you have a time to commemorate what jesus christ has done for your life he purchased you he died for you he redeemed you and don't you know your name is now written in the book of life that's what the bible says because of what christ has done on the cross Another thing that happens during this day or during this time is that it, it becomes a day of celebration. 
We celebrate. We do not only commemorate. We celebrate. We praise God. Hallelujah. We rejoice in the good things that He has done. We exercise our faith in the goodness of God. We also, uh, you know, receive from Him the, an infusion of His, uh, of His Word that gives hope because we are being refreshed by the promises of God. Faith in the goodness of God, hope in the promises of God, joy in the presence of God, love fills our heart. All these things causes us to celebrate. That's why this first day of the week is a time of celebration. As we all know, when we come together, uh, whether we are 3 or 30 or 300 or 3,000, we take this time as a day of celebration. We sing songs, we rejoice, we clap our hands. I mean, so uh, happy and, and glad and joyful. And this is but the first day of the week. How can you be so, so joyful when it is the beginning of the week? You do not know yet what's going to happen the rest of the day of the week. And yet you have faith enough to celebrate even though things are not yet happening in your life. Why? Because during this moment, this day of celebration, you will receive ministry from God's Word. You will receive preaching of God's Word, like what Paul has, 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 has done here. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. Imagine, we do not know what time exactly they started. Maybe it was a little bit late in the morning, let's say 10 o'clock. But to hear God's word from 10 o'clock until late in the evening, oh my God, what would happen to you if you keep on hearing the word of God? But of course, it depends upon a person how he hears the word of God because there are others, you know, they just take lightly the word of God. They are not that jealous in listening to the word of God. They just let the word of God come through one, come, comes through one ear and then let it go to the other ear and then they forget. But these people here are totally different. These were people who take seriously their walk with God. They have time to listen to the word of God. Imagine from morning till afternoon, till evening. And then if you read the passage through, even after what happened to Eutychus, you know, the preaching of Paul was temporarily suspended because something happened to Eutychus. He fell down and then he died. So they have to call a time out and everybody rushed down including Paul and then of course Paul ministered to young Eutychus there prayed for him and lo and behold he got back his life again and then they returned upstairs and Paul continued preaching, talking, sharing the word of God because this was just the, the opportunity that Paul has had after this one he will have to continue his journey but the point is will you have the time to listen to God's word because during this time of giving your first day to the Lord, you have a time to commemorate, you have a time to celebrate, but this is also a time to, I use the word calibrate. This is a time of calibration. You know what this calibration means? When you have a car, when, when you have a car especially if uh, your car is a diesel car, you know, uh, it has a component, the engine has a component called the injector, no? the injection pump. This is the component of your car that injects fuel from the tank into the, into the, the machine. 
Uh, and this, car this component has to be calibrated in order to function properly. Another thing, when you go to the gasoline station, this machine that they use there, you know, the gas pumps, you know, they say they calibrate that every day. Every day. Before they start selling gas to the buyers, they have first to calibrate the machine. Why? Because if it's not calibrated properly, it malfunctions. Uh, it will not give exactly what it ought to give. For example, one liter is like this, it becomes a little shorter. And the more it's not calibrated, the more. You know, that happens with a person's life also. When you are walking with God, but you do not do a regular calibration of your life, you do not function properly. You, know? you become short of what is expected of you. So look at it this Sunday, giving this Sunday, giving this time, this day of the Lord, first day of the week to the Lord, uh, an opportunity for you to be calibrated in the presence of God through His Word. Because the Word of God comes to you like water and it will cleanse you. Jesus was talking to his disciples in John chapter 15, verse number 3, and he tells them, Now you are cleansed through the word that I have spoken unto you. Now you are cleansed through the word that I have spoken unto you. Because the word of God cleanses us. But the word of God also refreshes us and renews us. And so it's important for us to spend time in the word of the Lord. First day of the week. That we will have an ample supply, filling our heart to the full because we are getting ready for the rest of the days of the week to work, to do business, to study. And while in work, while in our business, while in our school, we are surrounded by all kinds of people. We will be hearing all kinds of voices, ideas, philosophies, arguments, and what have you there. If the word of God has not been properly put in place in your mind and in your heart, you might most likely be affected by the voices that you will hear around you. That is why it's important that you spend your time not only commemorating, not only celebrating, but also above all, calibrating. When we spend our time before the Lord, we receive a word from the Lord. As mentioned already, it cleanses us from all impurities, even the little impurities. Sometimes you say, ah, little lang man na, that's gamay man lang na siya. Uh, that will not matter because that's, that's little. But little makes a lot of difference. Mm. Little things makes a lot of difference. Very important for us not to take for granted these little things that comes into our life and you know, negatively will influence us. This will also be a time for us to confess. You know, confess. And the word confession has two aspects of it. We have a negative aspect of confession. And this is the moment when we open ourselves to the Lord and to His people. Because if we do not open ourselves, we might have heard many things throughout the week and it accumulates inside of heart inside of our hearts we heard negative things sometimes we heard criticisms sometimes we heard negative feedback sometimes we sometimes we heard uh, whatever we have may, we may have heard throughout the week and if these are not opened up you know it becomes a burden and a load unnecessary load that we have to carry the rest of the week because we have not confessed them that is why in scripture it teaches us to confess 
If we confess our sins unto God, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. And by the way, confession does not mean we are telling God what he doesn't know because in the first place, God knows everything. The idea of confession is that you own up to what has happened in your life without covering it, without justifying it, without rationalizing for it. You just say, I've done it, I'm sorry, I'll start all over again. Forgive me. That is the negative aspect of confession. But the positive aspect of it is that confession means declaring your faith. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, even as we believe in our heart, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. So that is the positive side of confession. It is a declaration of your faith in the Lord. Declaration of what you have heard from Him. So that whomever you will face during the week, during the month, you just confess your faith in Jesus. God is good to me. He will, he will carry me through. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. For example, we read again in, uh, we read this verse in Hebrews chapter 13 that also talks about confession but in a different way. It says here in Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 5, Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Verse 6, So we say with confidence. You read that line? So we say with confidence. We say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That confession in base is based on what you heard from God. What did God say to you? I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Because God said to you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Now you can confess. Now you can declare, I will not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. He will be with me. You do that during the time of collaboration. But another thing that will happen during this time of collaboration, not only that you will receive an infusion of God's word, but you will also receive a touch of God's spirit, which is very important. You receive a touch of your spirit. You receive a mighty work of God. Like, for example, in this, in this story of Paul, you know, everyone who were there, they listened to the preaching of God's word through Paul. My, they were tremendously impacted by the word itself. But on top of that, they saw a mighty move of the spirit of God. What was that about? When God touched, by his spirit touched, the lifeless body of Eutychus. When he fell down and died, but then he came up alive and well, and it's not in habit. If you were there, oh my God, what, would, what, what impact would it be unto your life? The rest of the day, you will, be full of, you will be full of glory. God is alive. God is powerful. God is gracious. God is merciful. And you go to work. You go to, your, you go to your school. I mean, even if you will have persecution there in your school, difficulties and problems, you have been in the presence of God. You have heard the word of God. You have seen the spirit of God move. And your heart was ministered upon by the power of God. You are a different person. Why? Because you gave your first day unto the Lord. And so this, this 
This day, my dear brothers and sisters, as you listen to me, it is for your best interest, it is for your best interest when you give God the first day of your week. It is for your best interest. So many Christians are weak because they don't give God their best. Many times they feel sorry for themselves, but there's no one, no other person to blame but themselves. Here's a verse that like us all to read. First John chapter, Galatians chapter six. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. It says here, "Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please." His sinful nature, from that nature, will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, will reap eternal life. Very easy to understand this passage. Very easy. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Meaning, we cannot play with God and do away with it. No, I cannot do that. We better take seriously him and his word. Some people say, ah, you cannot do that with the Lord. You cannot do that with the laws of nature, which of course we all know that God has set these laws of nature. The same thing. You cannot, you cannot mock with God. You cannot play a fool with God and escape from the consequences of it. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap life eternal. Jesus says in the Gospel, the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. When it comes to giving God, the first day of your week, you know, what happens? Usually you will see a battle between your flesh and your spirit. Your spirit wants to honor God, wants to go to where the gathering of God's people are, to join in the commemoration of the goodness of God, to participate in celebrating the favor of the Lord in their lives, to also join and be calibrated by the word and by the spirit of God. But your flesh does not want to go. Because your flesh has been battered all week through with all kinds of problems because of work, pressures of study. So you sleep what your, your, your flesh wants to sleep. Or your flesh wants to go to the mountain to relax. Or some people, they like to go to the beach and spend the whole day in the beach. Because that is what their flesh is longing for. But your spirit wants to spend time with God. So you have a choice to make every day, especially on the first day. But what will become of you if you put God first every first day of the week of your life? Have you not thought about that? I challenge you to take an experiment. How about today? For example, you may ask me, Pastor, brother, 
Kuya Rafi, wala naman tayo simbang adinaghan karon. I mean, that's not a problem because you can spend that time within your family, in your home, in the sala of your own home. You can gather in the morning and devote the whole morning. If nobody is willing to lead, you can take a lead. God is not looking for professional people to come before Him and honor Him and worship Him. He is only looking for those who are hungry and thirsty of His presence and of His Word. Even if you do not know how, if you come with God in a sincere manner, remember God is looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Have we not forgotten that? Have we not remembered that? God is looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. How about from this day after you hear this word, you take a decision. Every first day of every week of my life, I will not use this day anymore on any other business, any other venture. Instead, I will spend this time spending with God to commemorate His goodness, what He has done, to remind me of who I am now, because I belong to Him, because I'm walking with Him, to celebrate His goodness in advance, to praise Him even for the things that He has not yet done in my life, to thank Him even for the things I have not yet received. I will thank Him, praise Him, and worship Him during this day. And I will also allow His Word to soak my life, to calibrate my spirit and my soul. I will allow His Spirit to touch me. Nothing could ever take the place of this mighty works of God in my life. I'll do this. If you will do that as an experiment, I guarantee you, you will have results even in your life. One day you will testify about how it impacted your life, if you do. Take the challenge after you hear this message today. Put God first. As you walk with Him, put God first in your life. Give Him the first day of your week. Give him the first day of the week. Give him the first day of the week. There is a business in America. It's called... Uh, um, I can't remember now. <laughs> it is a business very much like uh, McDonald's. No, they are restaurants, a chain of restaurants. But they close every Sunday. Uh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that, 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 right, the Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. <laughs> on Sundays, they do not open. Since they started until now, for many, many years, you know, this business has been founded by the fathers. Now it's now in the hands of the, the children. They continue this, this commitment that on Sunday, we don't do any business. Uh, we, because this is the day devoted unto the Lord. We want to put God first every day. And they found out that they're okay. God has been blessing their business. And they have the peace and the joy. They have the testimony. And they have given thousands of dollars to support the work of God. It is always good when you put God first in your life. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the word that you have given to us. You really, Lord God, are in favor of us. You're not against us. You only want to bless our life. That's why you're giving us your word. You're teaching us these principles. And more than that, you are enabling us so that we will be able to live up 
to your expectation, not on the basis of your own strength that we manufacture, but on the basis of your grace, Lord God, that you give to us, so that all in all, you alone will receive the glory and the praises. Thank you, dear Lord, as you bless your people listening, Lord God, to this word this morning, that everyone, Lord God, will take seriously, oh Lord God, and out from their own hearts, they will make a decision, not because it is forced upon them, Lord God, but because they have understood your word, the principle of your word, and they want to joyfully embrace it, Lord, and apply it in their own lives. Thank you, thank you in advance, Lord, for the great things that you will do on their behalf. To let them know, their Lord, that you are a good God. You are gracious, merciful, and full of love. Thank you, the Lord. I also pray, God, this morning for those who are having physical problems, I stretch my hand unto them. And I speak your healing touch, Lord God. Nothing is impossible with you. There is no distance with you, the Lord. I come against every sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. And by the blood of the Lamb, and I speak your healing, Lord, to be their portion today. Thank you, Father. Give you glory and honor and praise, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.